For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcasts and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. And welcome to Wrestling with Problems. I'm your host, King David Lane. That's King David Lane just about every social media platform, so give me a like button and request and I will probably give you one in return. I'll let shameless self promotion and get out of the way. I'm King David Lane on all social media platforms. I like King David Lane on all major social media platforms. Also like King David Comedy, that's comedy with a K. King David Comedy with a K on most major social media platforms. Uh, you can check out uh, my improv troupe. That's Disposable Improv it's on Facebook. Uh, we'll have an upcoming event late June at Anderson Winery in Valparaiso, so definitely come check that out to get tickets for that. Uh, you can also uh, check me out every Wednesday night at Deep Performance Comedy Theater in the Miller Beach section of Gary, Indiana. Uh, that's Deep Performance Comedy Theater. The doors open at 7 for happy hour. There's giveaways and all sorts of things that happen at 7. The show starts around 8, so come check that out. In addition to that, it's free every Wednesday. And I get various other comedy shows throughout the area. And, of course, like my, uh, my uh, rugby team as well, that's Northwest Indiana Rugby Club. Uh, we are called the Reapers, but Northwest Indiana Rugby Club on Facebook. Follow us there, as well as other major streaming platforms. So uh, definitely give us a like, follow, and us on that too. Anyway, now that I got the shameless self promotion out of the way, let me do one more shameless self promotion. You see this Wrestling with Problem shirt? Uh, get your Wrestling with Problem shirt on ProWrestlingTees.com and just search for Wrestling with Problem. Get your shirt. We appreciate the support. Uh, you can give us a review as well as a five-star uh, rating on your podcast platform of choice. I would greatly appreciate that as well. So thanks a lot for your support, and, you know, we really appreciate it. We do appear to be having a little bit of a range of technical difficulties, so if you're watching the video feed, you might uh, see Brian pop in and out. Uh, I know he's trying to log on, but he's not having great success at the moment. So if you can uh, log in later, I'll try to add him into the show. But for the time being, if you're watching the video live, that's might be an issue. If you're watching, uh, if you're just listening to the podcast uh, audio only, you probably won't notice much of a difference. But we will try to add him in the show if we can, especially before we get to our predictions for double or nothing. Uh, let's go ahead and get into some of the things I wanted to talk about this week. Uh, I did attend my first live in-person wrestling show since... Uh, pandemic started. Hey okay, there, Brian is. Brian has joined us now. If you can follow him at at Brock Visit, that's at B-R-O-C-K-B-Z-A on Twitter. How's it going, Brian? How's it going, King? How's it going, VOC Wrestling Nation? It's just amazing. Every time you ask that, every week now, they never answer. I'm kind of disappointed in them. I think they're being rude. But anyway, let's get back into the wrestling stuff. Uh, I did check out a, my first indie show, uh, First wrestling show of any kind of pandemic. So, matter of fact, it's probably as wild as I've been to any live in person wrestling prior to the pandemic. It's probably been maybe a year or so, even before that. I probably, I don't even know if I went to, a, I'm guessing my last show probably would have been a Ring of Honor show prior to that. It's been quite a, yeah, it's been quite a while since I've been to a wrestling show. But uh, since they did have a show like five minutes from my house, I figured I'd go ahead and uh, give them support. Uh, this is the first time I've been to this company's show, so I literally went in knowing nothing about the company other than I'd seen them, you know, have a few shows around in my area, but I had never been to one. So I didn't know any of the talent. 
I didn't know any of the angles. I didn't know any of the storylines. Obviously, coming out of the pandemic, probably most local indies probably don't have much in the way of going to storylines and stuff anyway. So that sort of stuff you probably wouldn't miss if you go to your local indie you've ever seen before. Uh, but I'm just laying out a little bit of the groundwork and whatnot and what my thought process was going into this show. Uh, so I didn't really have much in a way of expectation. I just wanted to, you know, go out and have a, you know, r- relatively affordable time and, you know, be out for a change. For the most part, uh, since the pandemic started, I've gone to a few comedy shows, uh, mostly ones I've been on. And I've, you know, played some rugby games. But other than that, I haven't, I haven't done much in the world of socializing, been around other people. I've avoided the stores for the most part, but I did that even before. The pandemic. I figured there's no reason for me to go to a store if I don't have to. Instacart delivers my groceries. No reason to be, no reason to be at a store anyway, even before the pandemic. So, anyway, uh, so I did enjoy my experience with Crash Tested Wrestling, uh, the uh, local Chicago land Indiana indie company that put on the show. One of their Destiny shows it was at the DFW in Lake Station, Indiana. Uh, having never seen them before, I was not really familiar with the talent. But I will lay out some of the guys that did impress me and some of the other uh, noteworthy uh, characters and gimmicks for this show. I did thoroughly enjoy enjoy their DJ. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he played a nice uh, mix of particularly like uh, early 90s rap, early 90s rap and R&B and stuff that I did really enjoy. So that was enjoyable, but a nice environment for the atmosphere. Uh, there are a few of the actual in-ring talents that I, that I did enjoy in particular, uh, and I'm going to name those guys. Uh, there was a guy wrestling the name of Rage, pretty good guy. I, I was trying to figure out who he reminded me of. He reminded me a lot of New Jack, not the craziness. You know, he didn't. He didn't. This was not that kind of show. This was more traditional indie wrestling show. So, but he had the look. He had the you know the, a similar outfit. You know the sort of T-shirt that was cut with the fringes, uh, sort of boots look. He was a little, he was a little bit more, uh, I'd say athletic than New Jack was. Well, New Jack would do some crazy stuff and dives, obviously. He also did do the weapon stuff, so this guy didn't do any of that stuff, but he definitely, uh, had a New Jack vibe to him a little bit without, not like if, if there was a happier New Jack, that, that's probably a way to put it, a happier New Jack. Cause he wasn't crazy, but he did have sort of the look to him. Uh, he had a, he had a, a good match. He came out with a lot of injuries, so uh, energy came out high five and both high five me as well. I was kind of reluctant to high five people coming out of the pandemic. I was even a little bit reluctant before that, but you know, I had I had hand sanitizer, so no big deal. Uh, so he put on a good match, but he ended up not winning his match against one of the members, I believe, of CNC Destruction. And if you're not familiar with CNC Destruction, then you, if you don't live there, you probably would be. But uh, they had a nice look to them. They uh, it's a little bit of a crapshoot, as you know, when you go to an indie show, how the wrestlers and talent will be dressed. You can usually tell somebody if they've been in the business a little bit longer, they usually have more professional gear. Uh, it, it really makes a huge difference in your look and your presentation. So CNC Music Factory definitely had, you know, proper presentation. They had nice T-shirts, merch with, with their CNC Destruction logo on it. Uh, so I really enjoyed their team. And they actually were part of uh, the, the, the the core of this indie show was a eight-man eight-man tournament for the uh, vacant CTW World Heavyweight Championship. So Rage lost his match against one member of CNC Destruction. Uh, another gentleman by the name of All Day, he was like probably the best wrestler I'd say on the card. Uh, he was kind of like a, I'd say when I say wrestler, best overall. He was he, he, I'd say that he's probably the best heavyweight. Because you know he had the full pack. He was he was athletic, not quite cruiserweight athletic, but very athletic as far as being able to do a lot of different stuff. Uh, but also, you know, he did have a full heavyweight size for what I call an indie weight, indie heavyweight size. So he was a good talent wrestler. He was in the main event of the show. He did a great job. He defeated the other member of CNC Destruction. Uh, so CNC Destruction went one and one <laughs> doing the card. Uh, so. They had a very, very good match in the main event. Uh, there was a debuting wrestler who, who I could tell was very, very popular. It seemed like there was a huge section that was just dedicated to him, but that was his first uh, pro wrestling match, Mike Pierce. Uh, he showed a lot of promise. Uh, his moveset was not quite diverse enough, so you could kind of tell that he was a new guy. 
but he did do a good job with his ring psychology, so I could definitely see the opportunity for him to advance and get better and improve. He wasn't he didn't do anything bad. I'm not saying he was bad or did anything poorly. You can just tell that he had not uh, developed the full move set that, you know, somebody had been in the business for a long time. But he did do an excellent job with his ringside college, selling the story of the match when he's taking the beatings, selling the moves. So he did show a lot of potential, and he also did have a lot of energy. He, he actually even, uh, after his match was over, since he was in the opening match, he actually came and did sit in the crowd with his uh, little cheering section. And he actually did a good job of sort of, you know, cheering on other wrestlers. And if the crowd would go dead for a while, because you know, uh, there weren't a, there weren't there weren't too many seconds there. This was a relatively small show, so it's not like they had a lot of managers and stuff. You know, when there's those sort of dead or rest periods during a match, when somebody needs to hit the apron and hype the crowd up to get them back up, he was sort of doing that that little gig from the uh, crowd when there wasn't necessarily somebody to do it ringside. So. He did a good job with that, so he definitely has a good understanding of the business. So, shout out to him. I look forward to seeing you know how he advances in the future. Uh, there was another wrestler, AJ Flyer, who was like I'd say probably the best wrestler overall on the card. Uh, I would put like I said, if, if, I think if there's anybody that I saw right now that you could move up to a higher level company right now, it would probably be uh, off the top of my head. I definitely say AJ. AJ Flyer could move on like right now and uh, probably work with anybody in NXT or AEW or, or somewhere along those lines. Uh, all day could probably hit the NXT or AEW and that'd be a good fit for him. Uh, but uh, but definitely the AJ Flyer, he, he could legitimately probably put on a, at least four star match, if not a five star match with uh, anybody in that division. So, uh, uh, Brian, you said you looked like you wanted to make a comment. So go right ahead. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So um, since, since we talked about this guy, okay, how well do you think he'll do in, I don't know, um, Major League Wrestling yeah, or I think NWA? Yeah, he he fit right in. He fit probably more with M- MLW than he would NWA. Not that he couldn't have a good match in NWA, but looking stylistically, NWA is a little bit more traditional, and they don't have – I don't think – as much I'd say in the way of high flyers, they do have some, but NWA is a little bit more throwbacky than uh, MLW. I, I think you would fit right in with with most of your major companies. I think M- MLW would probably be a little bit better fit for than NWA, but not that I, I don't. It's not that I couldn't make it a gap. I just said if, if you were asking me to pick up the top of my head, I would rather see him in MLW than NWA just yeah. for his style. Uh, like I said, that Pro Five Live would be existed. AEW, all all those all those places that have the good high fly and cruiserweight match would be a great system. But thank you. So overall, I did have an enjoyable experience with this company. I, I would like to see a little bit more and see how it works. If it works in differently once I uh, actually kind of know their talent roster a little bit more, because actually now I feel like I've learned, you know, some of their. I at least know their basic roster. Because I figure their basic roster were the people on this card. Uh, I've, I I did do a little bit of research for the company after I saw the show. They have had cards where they brought in guys like previously like James Storm and it looks like possibly Bischoff and some other big names have been on some of their cards throughout the area. Uh, obviously, this is their first show coming back after the pandemic. I don't think they've had a show probably in uh, I'd say probably 18 months or so, something like that, something in that neighborhood. Definitely, you know, mm. right before the pandemic, was they, they didn't have anything doing that, so... I would like to see what they do if they, you know, do have, you know, a little bit more in the name of, you know, uh, big stars and stuff like that. But overall, this was an enjoyable experience. This is definitely a good way. Tickets were like 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Uh, so, and then obviously you do have the, you know, the very, very affordable drinks and uh, snacks for uh, for the concession stands because that's that's one of the beautiful parts about the indie show. Easy to get there, easy to park, short commute. Uh, cheap snacks and foods, you know, hot dogs are like, I think, I think hot dogs are like maybe dollar fifty or two. With that, uh, they, had, you know, you get a cup of pop for like a dollar, so all reasonable prices all the way around. Cheap beers, so definitely recommend the uh, indie experience, particularly in Spanish uh, Brooklyn. And if I do, they have their next show uh, early July, I believe. If I do go to that, I'll give you guys an update on that as well. So if you like talk, hearing about independent wrestling, thanks for listening. If you don't, but you still listen to it, I appreciate that too.
we'll get into a little bit more of the national stories now. Now that I got Brian on the line with me as well, uh, I guess the I guess before we'll be closing out with our talk about double or nothing. Make sure of that, but we got a few local stories. I want to uh, not local, a few more you know stories, not necessarily directly ring breaks. I want to get in before we get to that. However, though, uh, I guess I'll start with the, the Darby Allen story, and this was a story on SC Scoop. So I want to thank Alex. Uh, Layborn, uh, for the information regarding this. Uh, he was obviously, he was a TNT champion for a little bit over two months. Uh, so, and he actually did a interview with Wrestling Perspective Podcast. He found it tiring to be around the gossip and the showboating, so he decided, uh, I'm going to go ahead and wrestle in the boiler room. And my first thought of this is, on the one hand, that kind of seems to fit with the character, particularly the guy that hangs out with Sting, but the guy that has Sting's face, and so it's a bit of a loner before Sting came around. Uh, he's also a straight-edge guy, so it makes kind of sense that uh, he might not be interested in that sort of stuff. But at the same time, when you're thinking of the Darby Allen character, you kind of just determine, okay, what's the difference between Darby Allen character and Darby Allen wrestler? So you wonder, is this just like kayfabe stuff his character is just fitting in with him uh, but as he broke it down he's like uh, I just feel way more productive not hearing people gossip about stupid who slept with who and who's talking to who I don't have time for that it pisses me off and I don't so I just really feel super more productive when I'm by myself and it's time to go out there and put a match together put a storyline together I'll totally be in your face super collabing and just talking but otherwise I like to be left alone so uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on uh, his take on, on how he interacts with business and with the locker room. Well, I can um, I can respect his um, way of thinking in that day, but uh, I'm not sure if that's going to be taken the right way by the boys or the talent in the back, so to speak. You know what I mean? Because if um, okay, as we um, all know, that there's politics to this. No, no matter how, no matter how you want to say it, no matter what's the company that the it, just some, um, okay, some companies, um, run it better than others. Some, okay, some politics ain't as bad as it is in other companies. Like, um, how you used to be in, um, where you say WCW at one point. Now, that would be my extreme case, and, um, just for the sake of argument, but Darby Allen, I, um, I think if um, AEW is, I think it is um, as far as a management perspective and everything. Sorry, you broke up there a little bit. Uh, can you can you restate that last sentence? I Okay, you're breaking up. I'm going to go ahead and uh, put you on mute. Uh, can you log back off and then try to get back in and maybe things will work a little bit better? Because, uh, like I said, you broke up really, really bad there, so I can really hear you. But uh, we kind of got the gist of what you were saying. Uh, yeah, there's definitely politics involved in wrestling. And I was kind of thinking along those lines, too. But I say one advantage to AEW versus WWE, uh, it doesn't have the same sort of uh, boys club, like Fred House vibe that WWE used to have. I think WWE has that a little bit less today than it does. I think WWE is still very, very heavily uh, tailored to what this wants or desires. But you figure like in the 80s when the uh, in the 80s or the early 90s, things were much, much differently. I think uh, it was much more based on that when it was less corporate. Now that it's more corporate, I don't think it would matter as much. But AEW, still regardless, has the advantage of Tony Khan seems to be a different kind of leader than Vince is. He's more willing to take other people's input and more willing to you know change with the times and adapt to what the current product seems to be as far as what the market wants. And I think the other people in the AEW, for the most part, I think as long as 
if you're feuding with somebody, if you're working with somebody, if they can put on good matches uh, and they can help you elevate your career and elevate your craft, I think they'll be more willing to do that. I do think Darby Allen does have the advantage of having been a film student and has put on some of these great matches and some of these great cinematic experiences uh, with the talent in AEW. I think things for him will go a little bit better than maybe a different person if they try to do that same thing. Uh, the fact that he's very, very talented and can display his work, and again, he does seem willing to work with people. He just doesn't want to do all the other pieces, yes, the other, you know, glad handling, all the other shake, handshaking and extra stuff and silliness that some of the other talent might want to be in. So I think the fact that he is professional, he says, I will work with you. I just don't want to be doing all this other nonsense, yes. I'm not going to be drinking. I'm not going to be all this other stuff. So I think for him, in his case, since he is talented enough to put on a great show, and like I said, he had the great uh, video with Sting and a great promo and things he's cut with Sam uh, Navarro and these other guys, I think for him, it could probably work better than maybe if somebody else wasn't nearly as talented. So that, definitely, that definitely does raise a good point, though. You did actually mention that uh, the way uh, you gave WCW, WCW as an example. And actually, that actually leads to something I wasn't actually going to talk about this week, but since I had heard it and it did tie in, uh, the subject of level control started by the NWO during a WCW ring was actually something that came up from Eric Bischoff uh, on the WrestleSlam podcast. So uh, the word on the street has always been that, you know, the NWO, particularly, you know, Hall, Nash, and Hogan in particular, had huge creative control over what was done in WCW. Now, according to Bischoff, that's not really the case. According to Bischoff, the only guy that had true creative control over anything was uh, was Hogan. Uh, what he what he said they did have they did have language in their agreement that gave them meaningful consultation, meaning they were guaranteed to have a conversation with me and it would have been a meaningful conversation. But a meaningful conversation and creative control are are two different things. They did not have creative control. Uh, again, this leaves only one member of the group with any degree of creative control, Hulk Hogan, who is the leader of the group in that kind of support. However, when talking about it, Eric Bischoff revealed exactly how quickly Hogan exerted his fall. Hulk Hogan had creative control, and he only used it once, clearing the air on the subject. Now, I did not listen to the entirety of the uh, Russell Slam podcast. I am, you know, getting the empty scoops, uh, sort of recap of it. But I would be very interested to know which... Uh, one time, if he said it, he said, and I said again, this is Eric Bischoff saying it was only one time that he did it. So if we if we going with the uh, if we're going with he only exhibited it one time, I wonder what the one time would be. <laughs> so uh, would you like to speculate that on that brand? What what do you think the one time that uh, Hulk Hogan? Uh, the point of doom. Sorry, what was that? The single point of doing that would definitely be if I was trying to guess if that was like one of the choices I would that would definitely that would definitely be one of the choices I'd be thinking. I was thinking it would either be that or you know Goldberg or something or something else. So, but or I said he kicked Goldberg losing the belt to Nash. Yeah, so I kind of feel like you, you got you only got a couple options of what it might have been. So. I think those are the ones off the top of my head. And I thought that was a, a, a bad a bad way for him to lose the title in, in my opinion. Are you sure it wasn't it, are you sure it wasn't uh David Arquette winning the world heavyweight title? I'm sure that's not the one. <laughs> no, nah, uh okay. <laughs> well I oh God. Okay. You know what, but see now he okay now he Here's my thing with that though, since you brought that up. Okay. That was what I call one of those gimmick matches. Um that that was like more tailored for the movie um that, that David Arquette was in, which I, I thought that movie was was just crap and everything. But um that okay, that's why I could see like, hey, you um you you like did that for the movie and everything. I thought that's a bad thing to do. So to me it values your time. Well luckily, well, luckily, it's only been one time in history when a wrestling company did something stupid to promote a movie. Like, luckily, that's never happened again 
especially like not in the last couple weeks with WWE, like with zombies, nobody would ever be stupid enough again <laughs> to shoehorn in a storyline that doesn't make sense <laughs> to advertise the movie. <laughs> I'm so glad we're beyond that, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. You didn't, you didn't get to complete your thoughts. So go ahead. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Now, um, yes. Okay. Let's just say if okay if Goldberg was to actually lose, what would made it um, better is if he would lost clean to uh, one of three people. If he were lost clean to Hogan, then you would have had a one. Um, okay. Um, okay. One one title. Okay, um, okay, and the other one lost the title, so I was like, okay, now you got the rubber match and everything. Then they should have built that up to uh, um, either Starte, they should have did British and Bash, they should have did NWO sold out even. So, if, okay, they should have they, they went different ways with um, if, if they wanted him, if they wanted him to. Um, Okay, if they wanted Hogan to lose and everything, okay, fine. Give Hogan one more run, one more strong run, make on Goldberg, um, go through um, hoops again and everything. Okay, and then, um, okay, make him win the handicap match against um, the outsiders for him to get his title shot, get the title shot, he wins again. Okay, then, then Hogan finally takes the bag, and then either is, uh, okay, it's a match between Booker T and Singh. Booker T beats Sting. Sting goes against, I mean, um, Booker goes against um, Goldberg, and, and Booker beats Goldberg um, when you have a nice little feud going. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't see any circumstances under which you'd have uh, Hogan beat Goldberg clean, particularly not with the NWO. The whole point of having the NWO is they, they're going to do whatever it takes to win. I, I, wouldn't, I would not see that happening. I don't I think that makes sense from a book standpoint, particularly with books when Goldberg was just so much money at that point, having him lose clean. I do like maybe some of those other ideas you had in there. I don't know if Booker I don't know if they would have had Booker T B uh Sting at that at that time, I don't think either though. Like I said, Booker's run sort of came a little bit after that as opposed to right then and there, but I don't think at that time uh Booker was, was gonna be the guy to be Sting either. It's around that time. But anyways, let's go ahead and uh, move on to some of our other stuff so we can go ahead and get to our predictions. Uh, Ronda Rousey is filming a new ESPN Plus series. Now, uh, this is actually from uh, PWmania.com. I'm not really sure if her sh- – because they did announce she's going to be one of the hosts of Peyton's Places, uh, uh, one of those series uh, that Peyton Manning sort of runs. Uh, originally, that was like a football theme documentary thing, but now it covers athletes from all sports. So it says she's been filming it. So it's kind of like they're implying that it's going to be that, but it's not stating for 100% sure that that's the series she's shooting. She was also supposed to be doing something with uh, Kurt Angle, a project with Kurt Angle, and she has been filming for that in Pittsburgh and Philly, so that would make sense for it to be Kurt Angle too. So it's not 100% clear. If it's going to be, you know, her Peyton Place thing she's doing, or if this is something separate she's doing ESPN Plus, but uh, I think it is exciting to see, you know, what she's going to do in this in this next step of her career. She still technically is not retired from wrestling. I don't think she's retired. I don't think she's technically retired from MMA, although I doubt she's going to do that again. But she does have a lot of different options of what she can do in her life. Like this, she's one of the biggest stars in sports particularly female sports especially, but she's definitely she's probably the biggest star in female combat sports. So it'll be interesting to see what she does. Nevertheless, not to mention the fact that she is uh, pregnant and going to be giving birth soon, so I don't know if the, sh- the show she's doing is going to be... I'm, a, I'm sure it's going to incorporate some of that because there's no way you're going to walk around filming a pregnant woman and not include that story. But I don't know how much that's going to be involved in it, how much is going to be like, you know, the combat sports and stuff, or maybe they're just trying to show, you know, maybe what the balance would be for her trying to sort of deal with fame and pregnancy. I think it'll definitely be something interesting to check out. Uh, what are your thoughts on what they should do as far as filming, and what do you think they're going to do with filming? 
Ah, uh, that's kind of a, um, a, a tough one to be honest in everything. With um, okay, this um, this is how I look at it. Okay, with um, not sure how many people get um vaccinated and everything. It's kind of like um a little bit um touchy. For me, um, I think I think everything still could go um as scheduled. As long as um, everyone still takes proper precautions um, and things like that, but I don't don't think it will be that complicated since more people get vaccinated. You do raise an interesting point. I didn't honestly. I didn't even think about uh, what the vaccination rate was. (laughs) I wasn't even thinking about COVID-related stuff. And then right now, that that shows you literally over the course of like the last week or so, how far I've sort of gotten from thinking about it as much. I do still check the COVID number and the case numbers every day. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even thinking about when she's going around recording this about COVID, particularly the fact, the fact that she's also pregnant doing it. So that would, you know, that would make her a little bit of higher risk. She would get it. it, it exactly. That, so that's why I was kind of like, uh, yeah. I, I personally, oh, um, I, um, I thought this. If that was my wife, I would have a real issue with that. That's just me. It, just also, like it, it also depends on where they're recording. If they're just recording outside, just doing, you know, they're, you know, she's talking about places she's trained and she's not in crowds of people. That would be a little bit different than if she's like, you know, going into a room and having a party and stuff like that. So, uh, going around and recording would vary depending on how many people she's being around. What sort of precautions are being taken, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Until we know exactly what they filmed and how they've been filming it, I do see what you're saying as far as, you know, being concerned about your pregnant wife or whatnot. But I would assume also that she doesn't want to lose her baby either, or, you know, she doesn't want to risk her baby or her health well. So I would assume right. she's actually, you know, aware of these same things that we're talking about right now. So I, I just want to make clear that like this, and we're not automatically assuming that she's not doing it. So. We're not assuming right. we don't have any information exactly of what the program is right now. Right. If we Absolutely. do hear something later on that tells you, you know, okay, yes, she did do great job with precautions or no, they were just being reckless, we'll fill you in on that. But I just want to make clear, you know, we don't want to make any assumptions one way or the other right now. No, no, that would be very irresponsible on um, our part. Yeah, and by the way, according to the stats that were updated uh, last yesterday, roughly, uh, just under 40% of people in the entire country are considered fully vaccinated. Uh, that's 130 million. Uh, that's not bad. Yeah, and that uh, and they didn't even clear kids until very, very recently. So that means a, a huge percentage of these people who aren't vaccinated are probably kids. So that makes the number even better if we're just going to go the whole population who's fully vaccinated and whatnot. So, because you know we were hearing some bad news not too long ago about the number of people who would sort of stop doing it, particularly it's it's particularly bad among working class people, uh, white people in rural areas, uh, minorities, brown people, you know, various colors, but definitely among the working class, brown people. The rates weren't high, so the fact that we're up to like almost forty percent of the population, like saying again, that's mostly adults. So, if you figure the adult population is probably, I would guess, probably in the neighborhood of approaching two thirds, if not there already. So that that is some good news in in what's going on here. And by the way, it also varies by what state you're in. Half of the states have at least half the people fully vaccinated. Uh, like again, this is not a COVID show. Obviously, COVID affects wrestling and everything else. Wrestling is going back on too very, very soon, so we're not going to go uh, too deep into the COVID stuff. But we do have to discuss it because it does affect wrestling. It does affect you listening most likely. And like I said, uh, I do I do know we do have a lot of listeners in India, uh, as well as some other countries like Nigeria and China, and some other places, uh, UK. So I, I do I do want to. Uh, and thoughts out to people in India they are having a very, very rough time. Japan's having a very, very rough time. India, the death rate is terrible. 
There's not a lot of uh, vaccines, and there's not a lot of oxygen. There's also stuff they need help with there. So if you can, if you have any way of helping, please do. Uh, Japan is, uh, while they do have a little bit more way to research per person, a little bit more advanced economy, they have not. I think they have like maybe two percent of the population vaccinated. So and they're going to be. They're tr- still trying to do the Olympics in a couple months. I thought that they would be in a situation where they'd be able to have it uh, pretty easily. I thought they'd be more similar to an American situation where, you know, things, the numbers will be down by then. Looking at that right now, I don't think that's going to be the case. But anyway, again, not a COVID show, so I do want to go ahead and move on to other things wrestling-related, get it back on track. But that is that does qualify as a problem part. So this is wrestling with problems. We do deal with wrestling and problems. Right? So that is a problem for me to discuss it. Uh, last but not least of our news articles for the week, uh, this is from actually the WrestleZone over on Mandatory.com. Uh, I like the way they space this. Uh, the headline is, Great Works announced in-ring return for takedown trafficking event. And then the first sentence of this controversial XWWF I don't know. I don't even know if controversial says it just right. But uh, anyway, I guess that's the term you can use. They're having a takedown trafficking event June 26th in Orlando, Florida. And guess who else is going to be on the show with them? Now, if you were if you were going to guess who is going to be on the show, if you know anything about Drake Works, if you know anything about wrestling, I'd say him being there with these two people, there's only, there's only one person out of this three. I mean, there's one person that I would add to make the fourth person. So I was going to guess who's going to be on this list who's not here. So, but definitely... Three of the four most expect would be on this list. Hey, Brian, who do you think is on this list? Who's going to be on this? Who's been announced? Who? Sure. Ah, that that would that would be that would be the question. I I know what it is. Um, I'm I'm taking um, I'm taking a gander, and I'm hoping that it wouldn't be Scott Moore. Oh, and let's, let's, let's be clear. I do want to say something to make sure I get this out for anybody listening. There is absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to take take down sex trafficking. There's, any, there's absolutely nothing wrong with sex trafficking. The human trafficking are terrible things. The reason I'm kind of mocking this particular thing is because Drake works involved. Because he's involved with the crazy QAnon conspiracy as far as, you know, the sex trafficking stuff. That is an imagined problem. <laughs> the sort of pizza great QAnon weirdo stuff. Real sex trafficking is a real problem. The stuff he's talking about is imagined stuff by some crazy guy. So yeah, I want to make make very, very clear. I do care about the issue of human trafficking, sex trafficking. That's terrible. This guy is a nut. <laughs> and he's looking at it. He's looking at taking it down a problem that doesn't actually exist in his mind. So, uh, or should I say it's just the only But anyway, uh, uh, since you couldn't guess the people, I'm going to name the other two people on the card, and I'll name the, the fourth one who I thought probably would be involved if was if, if it was if I was going to add another guy. Obviously, you got Drake Worth, crazy person number one. Matt Morgan, who's one of the guys who's been in uh, – contact with him when you when you see the Drake Works sort of stories, that Morgan names pop up. They've done other events and stuff together, so that makes complete sense as far as him. That that's that's the person that makes the most sense out of the out of, after Drake Works, he makes the most sense number two. Now number three I had not seen associated with these other two people, but knowing how crazy he is, it makes perfect sense. That's low key. <laughs> if you know anything about low key, you know he's a He's a bit of a nut. <laughs> so if you told me something crazy was going on with this other nutty guy, Drake Works, low-key would be right there with him. I'm like, okay, that's, that makes perfect sense. I don't, I didn't know if they were friends or anything, but this makes complete sense. Now, uh, if I was going to add one more person to this, this person has not been associated with this event, but if I was going to add another person, you told me, okay, there's one more. Who do, who do I think the other person would be is? Guess who that would be? If I was going to associate one, one more person with it, it would be Austin Aries. Uh, sorry, it looks like Brian just dropped off. I uh, apologize for that. Uh, but Austin Aries would be the only per- other person. He's been in the crazy COVID conspiracies and stuff. So uh, if I was going to add somebody to it, he'd be the other crazy person. So, uh, 
But anyway, uh, it says the proceeds will benefit human trafficking, human trafficking victims. I don't know if, what the specific charity is, so I'm not I'm not going to advise you to donate or not donate. If it's going to a legitimate, you know, charity, and it just happens to be that the crazy people are doing the event for it, that's no reason to take it out on the charity. But again, I don't know uh, what charity is directly involved with this, so I don't want to tell you one way or the other. Do your own research. The fact that he's involved with it means I'm not. I don't feel like doing it for the research myself. But if you do want to donate, if you want to help success victims, you can do your research to see if this is a worthy charity, or you can find other charities to sort of help people, uh, victims of uh, sex abuse and other things. I know the Rain uh, nonprofit does work with people who are victims of uh, rape and other forms of abuse. So that is a good place to probably send your money to, as far as that goes. But again, don't take, don't just take my word for it. You can do your own research and, and look up things, but I've heard good things about that. Anyway, now we're at the, I would, I might say the close of the show, but we're discussing our last thing. It might take a little bit of a while. So I don't want you to think, oh, we only got two minutes left. Not that. We're just going to go ahead and uh, go into our predictions for Double and Nothing. I hope Brian can join me for this, but if he's not, I might just have to end up doing this myself. Uh, they don't have anything listed as being on the, quote, kickoff show. So, uh, and the way they have listed, they have nine matches listed uh, on the card right now. Uh, it doesn't say what's going to be on the quote kickoff show, so I'm just going to have to guess. I'm just going to read the card from nine to one, because I assume the triple threat match for the AEW World Championship is going to be the main event. So I'm just going to read, read it from the top to bottom. So, anyway, we got a tag team match for the uh, AEW World Tag Team Championship. And my prediction for that going to be, you got the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson, champions with John Callis versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Uh, I'm going to say I don't think the Young Bucks are going to drop the belt just yet. Uh, especially not with the support of John Callis. I'm thinking that uh, however, Eddie Kingston is going to be the guy that's going to be the job. That's my prediction. If Eddie Kingston does the job and the Young Bucks retain the title, Probably with some with some help from Don Callis. I don't know if Don Callis is going to hit him with something, but I predict that's what's going on. Maybe with the belt. I'll go with Don uh, Callis to get AK to win the belt, leading to some super kick shenanigans and some other stuff, and then that's how Kingston is much. First prediction the tag team champions retain belts. Next, we got a tag team match. We got Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Scott and Page. Uh, I'm look, looking around to see if this is listed as a, uh, any sort of gimmick match or anything. So far, it's just listed as a tag team match. So I believe this will be Sting's first regular match in quite some time because technically the cinematic match was shot over the course of the day as opposed to the traditional match where it's done within, you know, a 10 to 30 minute range that you would expect the match to involve you know, stars of caliber. So, uh, you got Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Scotty and Page. Wonder who's going to do the job in this match? Because when when it's a when, when it's a match, that's what that's what that's what I try to predict more so than who I think is going to win, who I think is going to do the job. So I'm guessing, I'm thinking that uh, Ethan Page, being the newer guy to AEW in this match, is going to be the guy in this match. But I don't think this feud will be over just yet. So I think there'll be you know chance for revenge and other attacks. And stuff. So I'm thinking Ethan Page is going to do the job in this match. Sting and Darby Allen pull off the victory. Next, we got a stadium stampede match. If Center Circle lose, they must disband as a team forever. We got the Pinnacle, MDF, Warlow, Sean Spears, Cash, Willie Harwood, with Tom Lanchard versus Center Circle, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sam McBara, Santana, and Ortiz. I'm going to predict that the Inner Circle uh, win this match. Uh, I don't think they're ready to disband them as a group. And so it obviously would make sense that they pull off the match, especially the fact that they lost it last year, too. You, it's always weird in wrestling when the, the match you're sort of known for, you lose that match. Like, the Hardy Boys were known for TLC matches, and they always lost. So, the War Games match was a four-horse match. They always lost. I can't honestly say I will be completely shocked that sort of loss this segment with my previous logic, but I still will be a little bit surprised. So, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, the circle pulling off the victory. 
Next, we got a singles match for the AWTNT Championship. We get Miro the Champ versus Lance Archer and Jim Roberts. I don't think Miro is going to immediately lose this match, so I'm going to go ahead and go with Miro pull up pulls up the victory. Uh, maybe a split with Jake Roberts. Maybe something happens. Uh, Jake Roberts tries to help and tries to ends up hitting hurting Lance Archer. They end up going their own way. Maybe they put Jake Roberts with somebody else. Uh, that might be the case. No, eventually we're going to have this sort of Lance Archer versus Sting. So I don't know if that's where it leads or what. But I don't think Miro is going to lose the belt after he just won. I'm stick with Miro. Got a singles match: uh, Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Cage with Taz. Uh, Hangman sort of it seemed like he was moving up, and it, it sort of seems like he sort of got sort of stagnant as a character. He hasn't joined the Dark Order yet. Uh, made it up to the one number one contender, and then just sort of kind of faded since then. Uh, Brian Cage sort of in the other direction. He sort of uh, sort of went up, went up, went up. Didn't quite make it. Kept strong. Didn't quite make it. So. This is sort of two guys in a sort of crossroads period in their careers in AEW. But I would say uh, I'm going to go ahead and just go ahead. I haven't had a lot of heels when he gets to the show, so I think they're going to work some down on the card. So, well, I guess I did have Miro. Miro is the heel. I'm going to say uh, they're probably going to want to bounce the card out. The two guys in similar positions in the card. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Monster Brian Cage Machine. Although Dark Order will probably be in that page. I'm going to go ahead and go with Taz. Taz, Team Taz, providing more help. We got a Casino Battle Royal for a future AEW World Championship match. Christian Cage, Dell, Powerhouse Hub, Penta L0, Mierdo. Jungle Boy, Party, Martin, Cast, Play, Uno versus Banner versus Custom Dance versus Griff Garrison versus Brian Pillman Jr. By the way, I just noticed because I look at this Griff Garrison is the only guy who appears in this contact event. There's two guys in this match who don't have uh, Wikipedia pages. Yeah, Griff Garrison and Lee Johnson without Wikipedia pages. But anyway, Brian, Brian Pillman Jr. Push or um, the hangman Adam Page. 
Uh, neither of those guys are listed in the match right now. I'm not saying that they won't be because sometimes they can't surprise you, but they both they have a message with other on the uh, not, not against, so they have messages with other people on the card already. So neither one of those guys are listed on the thing right now. But you, if you want to make that your prediction, feel free to predict whoever you want. Do you want to pick? Do you want to pick Lance Archer or somebody else? Uh, actually, I will go. Um, um, actually, since that's the case, then uh, my wild card will actually be Christian Cage. Now, he actually is listed as being in the match. Well, actually, I think that that could be a pretty good choice as far as uh, who you wanted to pick, who you think who has a good chance. I'm, try, I'm gonna try to look at this. I'm not gonna pick any of the tag team members. I'm not gonna pick Dustin Rose because he's old. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go through a process elimination. Ricky Marshall, old. Uh, I'm not gonna go with Bowens or Cassidy for the tag team reason. Garrison Pillman, same reasons. Preston Event. Uh, I honestly don't think it's gonna be any of the Dark Order guys because they are more of a group than they are any individual being all that. That's why I don't think it's gonna be Blade. I don't think it's gonna be Cassidy. Matt Hardy, I'll put that as a maybe. Uh, Jungle Boy, I'll put that as a maybe. Penta Zero, Mayardo, maybe. Tough, Tough, I think, no, just because he's young. I think his time will come, but it's not there. Matt Sadell, I don't even think they see him as a huge star individually. So that, that limits it to me for Christian Cage, Penta, Jungle Boy, and Matt Hardy. So that, that leaves it down to four guys for me, so. Out of these four guys who will want to pick, I guess, like I said, since you already put Christian Case, I don't want to let your pick influence me. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw in a little bit of an upset, and I'm gonna throw in Jungle Boy. I don't think he's gonna win the yeah. belt, but I, but I, I don't think he's gonna win the belt. But I, I see him giving him a chance because they know he's gonna put a good match. And they think they're behind him, so this might be a way All they right. can further push him without pushing him to the top. They give him the shot, he puts on a good match, but they lose. So I'm gonna go with Jungle Boy. Actually, I saw the same thing for um, Christian Cage myself and everything. I, I think if I hit this time and it's done and everything, and, and, he, and he's more of a guy to get um, other people over and to legitimize um, the um, champion um, um, at, at this point, you know what I mean? So that's the reason I picked Christian because he, he, he's a, a, a credible um, type person. Now, like I said, he's definitely somebody who legitimately, you give him a title, a world title shot, it would make complete sense. So I'm, I'm not arguing against him by any means. I'm just arguing because you already picked him. I don't want to pick exactly who you picked. Right, right, right. Since, since, since I had I like four, since I had roughly four people to choose from, I'm not, not going to pick the one that, the one that just already been picked. It'd be different if I already, if I had already singled in on him earlier, but that wasn't the case. I'm literally making my pick as I go. This, 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 when we normally when we do our picks, I don't pick, make any of my picks ahead of time. I try to make my picks live as I see the matchup because a lot of times these matches change due to injuries and other stuff anyway. And the card probably will still change. We do have another dynamite for the show anyway. But I'm doing mm-hmm. the best I can we'll get right now. Anyway, since you weren't here for the uh, earlier pick, I'm gonna do a quick run through. Just tell me who you got. Young Bucks for my team. Who you got? Uh, Young Bucks or Moxley or Kingston? Young Bucks. Okay. Who you got between Sting and Darby Allen and Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page? Uh, I will go with the upset with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Okay. We split on that one. Uh, Stadium Stampede, you got the Pinnacle or you got the Inner Circle? Inner Circle. Agreement on that. Miro versus Lynch Archer, who you got? Uh, Miro. And Hangman Page versus Brian Cage. Uh, I will go with um, Brian Cage on this one. Okay, so so we basically made some similarities. We actually do have a good mixture of picking other stuff, though, because uh, I'm on the other side. I, I predict Sting and Darby Allen is going to win that tag match. So we're different on that one. And then we're different on the uh, the uh, Casino Battle Royal. 
Uh, next, let's go ahead and move. We got a singles match. We got Cody Rhodes, who got one night only, is going to be the American Dream. Arn Anderson versus Anthony Agogo with QT Marshall, Nick Komoroto, and Aaron Solo. Uh, who you got? Um, I'm I'm going with uh, Agogo. Hmm. I was tempted to go with Cody Rhodes on this. This is one of those times of like I am actually going to let you influence me and change because I was thinking about this. This is just listed as a singles match. So since they're doing this patriot, patriotic thing, few thing, I'm thinking there, there's going to be more matches in this feud. So I'm thinking the next match will be a flag match. So I think Cody Rose loses with the American Dream moniker from one night only, but he's going to come back and beat him in a flag match. So, particularly with him having three guys at his side, I think that's what counteracts Aaron Anderson's influence and whatnot. So, I think that's what's going to happen. Did you have a different take on why you think it's going to go Dio Gogo or who, what do you got? Um, I, actually, um, man, okay, Manners was um, actually um, similar reasons and shorts and everything because, um, okay, Cody don't don't really need don't really need to win like that. It's not a big match and everything. Now if he wins against Cody, okay, then give him um some credibility against um a quality um, um opponent and everything. So there's not too many people in AEW who can say I beat Cody Rhodes. Yep, you definitely raised a good raised a good point there. I will say this though. I like his personality. And he's done a decent job when he was like on the uh, announce booth, and he's done a decent job sort of cutting his promos. Wrestling wise, he's not there yet. All I've seen him, nah. honestly, all I've seen him do is throw the punches, and the punches aren't even that impressive. Now I know, granted, him being a world class boxer, he doesn't have to throw his best punch for it to be theoretically, you know, a great punch. But obviously, you know, okay. if, if, if he was throwing. Truly throwing hands, he probably killed anybody on the roster anyway. But I I don't know if I've ever seen him do a decent wrestling. <laughs> and a punch to the rib, no matter how no matter how he's doing it, even if Mike Tyson was just punching people in the ribs, it would not be an impressive finish. <laughs> I, and I'm, again, I'm not saying it wouldn't hurt. I'm saying if you're talking about translating something to wrestling. A punch to the rib is not a it's not an impressive finish. Like I said, if you if you these land hit people in the jaw like big shot, that would that would be different. But a punch to the rib, never gonna look as like an impressive finish in his wrestling. And like I said, he doesn't really do much wrestling. You notice his matches, the match has all been real short and then ending in the punch or, you know, punch to the ribs or something. So I need to see a lot more out of him before I want really want to see him get pushed anyway. But again, I do think he's gonna win, but I'm not a huge fan of his as far as in ring work just yet. Uh, next no, week, I, 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 I think he has some more work to do. He's got a lot of work. To do. Uh, he hasn't been granted. He hasn't been wrestling that long, but still, he's he's been pretty much hot shotted to one of the top companies. So that makes a huge difference. You know, if you're going to be yeah. if, you're, if you're going to be at the top level, you need to be able to show that you deserve to be. Or, you know, otherwise you can just stay as a bodyguard or something like that. Like, he was like a bodyguard. He was just, you know, punching people once, then that would work, you know. But if, you, if you're going to be a wrestler, be a wrestler, you know. Anyway, singles match for the AEW Women's Championship. We got Hikura Shida, champion, versus Dr. Britt Breaker. Steve, Rebel, not Viva. Uh, who you got? I think I think this might be an easy pick, but I'm going to go ahead and see Actually, I'm going to go with Dr. Britt Baker for, for this. So. Yep, like I think that was an easy pick. They built her as the biggest star in the women's division, but they haven't given her the belt yet. And, they, and the company's been around like right. almost three years. Well, three years. So I'd say with, with some of the other talent, they've sort of done this sort of slow build with it sort of made sense. But with the women's division, it's sort of been searching for more stars. It need more stars. I think they probably dragged their feet a little bit too much with her. Not that this is still the momentum thing. It's just when the company's been around three years, 
and the vision is sort of needed that extra star power. I think them taking a slow walk for her didn't make sense. Unlike with Kenny Omega, when you also had John Moxley, you also had you know uh, Jericho and some other people. You could sort of drag your feet on Kenny Omega until now. This is this is and the same thing with the tag division, men's tag division. You know, I don't think that was the case with the women's division, but. I think they're finally gonna. They finally set her up. They've also established the president. That the president that uh, women tend to have long title runs for the most part in AEW. So I think she could have a very very long title run at, at the top of this division. So uh, I'm agreeing with you. Doctor Britt Breaker pulls off the victory. Uh, Last but not least, we got a triple threat match for the AEW World Championship. We got Kenny Omega, champ with John Callis versus Orange Cassidy versus Pac. Pack, rather. The bastard pack. <laughs> uh, who you got? Kenny Omega with the win. Yeah, I don't see any way of Orange Cassidy or Pack uh, defeating Kenny Omega. I do think this will, uh, I think Pack's going to probably take the fall in this. I think they are going to eventually have a uh, Orange Cassidy versus Kenny Omega match. One on one, I don't think Orange Cassidy is going to win it either. But I think they will like keeping the picture because it's so popular and so interesting. So I, I think that uh, I think this is a way to sort of drag Actually, it out a little bit on. See, actually, I took a different take on it. Um, I, um, I, um, okay, my take is um, okay. Um, Pac, um, okay, um, hits the, um, the, um, back arrow on, uh, on Chastity, okay, and, and then, uh, Kenny Omega, um, sneaks in, um, hit, okay, hits Pac, um, with a V trigger, and then, um, hits on Chastity, became the title, and then Pac is, okay, you still never beat me, and, but I beat you. Where's my world title shot? And, and then he can bully, um, okay, then he'll bully his way into a one-on-one title shot, which, again, um, Kenny Omega is going to, uh, wish that for one the, on the list of titles to, That is a definitely interesting take. And like I said, uh, you were sort of, you're sort of, sort of talking me into that being a definite possibility. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, Completely budge off my position. I did write my storyline, and you were smart. But I could definitely see yeah. it happening now that you laid it out that way. So we'll we'll just have to wait and see after the pay per view which way it goes. But, uh, I definitely do like your logic and the thought you put in there. So, uh, great, great writing and booking on your part if that's what happens. So, like I said, that that would make total sense for order. And that, I think we have closed out our thoughts on this week's wrestling. If you get you get anything else before we go, Brian? Uh sure. Okay. Um if, if nothing else, um with um me and you being um diehard wrestling fans, um the the one thing one of the main things that you could agree upon with wrestling is diversity is a key thing in wrestling and everything. So if um nothing else, um be on the lookout for MLW. Um because they actually um, acquired the um, services of um, of um, Daisy Rich. So, um, what? Okay. So, what do you think about Daisy Rich's um, finally returning the rest of? Oh yeah, I did just see the ML. It was, that was the MLW Open Draft, right? It was the design. Yeah. Yeah. So, good uh, to see him back. Uh, I'll need to see how he looks. You know, because he did have some a rough injury there, didn't he? He did. So I'm I'm gonna need to see him ring see him in the ring before I can make a real prediction for it. But I'm glad to see he is at least able to come back and then I'll see once he's in the ring, uh, if he's there yet or not. So time will tell, but definitely glad to have a guy back, particularly when he has such a nice run. Particularly with the Wolves, uh the American Wolves and then but I think it was I think they changed the name to the Wolves with the impact. But it was the Yeah, they had a good run at Hoping that you know he can continue on with his win and get back where he was. That's my take on that. Anything else? Um. Oh. Okay. Um. My next final thing is 
if anyone um, get an opportunity to check out um, New Japan or New Japan Strong, um, great, great product. So um, check it out, and that will be all for myself. Definitely check it out, and I actually do enjoy their commercials too because they they do Americanized versions of the crazy Japanese commercials that are insane. So definitely check it out for both of those reasons. Anyway, I think that will bring us to a close. You have been listening to Wrestling Hub. Before you go again, if you didn't earlier, please write us a review. Give us a five star rating on your podcast platform of choice, whether it be iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or whatever else. Uh, and of course, get your wrestling with problems on pressandteams.com. And again, like King David Lane or King David Comedy on all major social platforms. Like at BrockBiz on Twitter, R-O-K-B-Z-A on Twitter. And thanks for listening. You've been listening to Wrestling with Problems. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Works, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included... General Adnan, Hito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Dangerous Danny Davis, Jimmy Hart, Richard Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Paul Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter, at VOC Nation. Hola, this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.